Welcome to another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amrine, in studio. In studio. I, I need to say that one more time. In studio. Coming to you live in studio. With Gary Boucher. Gary, it's been so long since I've I've seen you in person. I know. We, we had this discussion before the show. I have we haven't seen each other in person. It's probably early 2018, I think. So definitely years. Almost three years. Wow. Haven't seen you in person. Yeah. Wow. You you've gotten hairier. I'll say that. I have. <laughs> I've tripled my head hair. You have. You have. Now, out of question. I'm just. I am curious. Is that ever going to go to locks for love? Ever? It will. One day. One day. One Whenever day. Whenever I get tired of it. Yeah. You know. You your hair is on point too. You got this little fade, little comb over. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Yeah. Mine is nowhere near. I think mine's. Probably where you I last saw you like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty close. So yeah. we're we're on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as that is concerned. You missed me when I, I had this big beard when I lived in L.A. It was like down to like almost, I think I remember nipple little, length. It was yeah. huge. Yeah, no, I remember your nipples. I, I mean your beard. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, which actually speaking of spectrum though, the last time I saw you was in summer, and now it's winter. I'm seeing you in the middle of winter. <sighs> Which means we have, to, we have to watch a little bit of a Christmas movie, but we wanted to put a twist on it. Yes. The first and only time that we're ever going to be able to do this, because I think that this is the only scary Christmas film, maybe. Like mainstream? There's yeah. probably others out there, but I have a hard time thinking. This is definitely We had, the we had like notable. two other suggestions, but, yeah. but we're going to stick from here on out after this episode. We're going to go back to happy stuff. Yeah. But we just needed one. Just one little palate cleanser. Let's, let's go out and yeah. just be cold. And we're going to uh, review... Krampus. Krampus. Krampus, the ger- the German one. Now, do you, is it like incredibly American of me to say Krampus? Is it like, is that offensive almost? No, but if, if you do a little eh, it, oh. it really takes Krampus. It. Krampus. Krampus. Did, so did, as long did as you guys go down to the cinema and see Krampus today? Krampus. Well, that's Canadian. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, it was directed and written by Michael Doherty. And if you didn't know that, he will let you know through seven different times his name appears in the beginning and end of the sh- of film. <laughs> I, I, it was made abundantly clear that he he was a part of this. Um, but yeah, Krampus. Um, it's an interesting film. My first time watching, your second time, correct? Yeah, my second. Didn't you? You got it for me. For Christmas, like three <sighs> years ago, right. you gave me the DVD. I did, but I, I, I was a good person, and I didn't open it up to watch it. Yeah, and then it was give still it to plastic you. wrapped. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It, I, and there was like a little uh, lip insig- insignia, you know, and that was my, my lips. I kissed it for you. That was you. I embedded it oh with love. Oh my god! I thought that was Krampus. That was you. No, no, that was that was my. I used little, to put that under my pillow. Yeah, oh my, my little copper ball of. <laughs> Bell, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, so yes, my first time watching it. And you know what? I came in expecting a bad film, and I left thinking it was very much an average film. So in that yeah. way, it surpassed my ex- expectations. Yeah. Um, of course, we, we would be remiss without uh, starting out that, okay, so we've got Adam Scott as Tom, mm-hmm. the main dad, Tony Collette as Sarah, and I... Let's go no further. How? How is Tony Collette... A very top-heavy cast here. Yeah, man. extremely. But how is Tony Collette... How does she always get, like, pigeonholed, I feel like, into the, these things? Is or it, Movie Mom, Sixth or, Sense, Hereditary, Krampus? Well, not Sixth Sense. She's in Sixth Sense, isn't no. she? No. Isn't she a mom in Sixth Sense? You, you looked that up while I, while I proliferate. Yeah, she is. She is. What? Just confirmed it, Wow, yeah. good. Good for her. But how does she, how does she keep getting these? I, I feel like she's... It feels like an insult to Krampus, but honestly, as, as, as an aside discussion, how does she not... She feels better than this. She's a great screamer. And I mean that 
and her horror movie screams it is good are some of the most blood curling screams you've ever heard because Jamie Lee Curtis screaming in Halloween is like oh a teenage girl scared it's really good right but right. Tony Collette and screaming in Hereditary or any movie mm-hmm. just the pain the pain of a mother. The pain of a mother. We got uh, Stefania Lavi Owen as Beth. We got uh, <laughs> we've got a lot. We've got uh, Allison Tolman as Linda. David Keckner as Howard. And this is going to be my only slight flex in like any of these podcasts and name drop. But I've actually met David Cockner uh, many multiple times. What? How'd you, how'd you meet him? I uh, I ran a comedy club mall during my time in California. In L.A., right? And yeah. he was one of our groups. Met him multiple times. Very nice was guy. Was he a good guy? Very nice guy. Very funny guy. And uh, That's cool, And man. he absolutely, that that whole like uh, slight ajar lip thing, totally natural. Can't I, uh, that. I met Adam Scott. There you go. He used wow. to go into my Starbucks. Very quiet guy. Yeah, I wouldn't say mean, Strikes but me as that. it's just didn't want it to do with anything to do with me. I, I get that. Yeah, I yeah. I, I understand that. Uh, and then we've got a, a ton of kids, a ton of kids. Far yeah, my, Philip, I'm, I'm excited too, for the kid take. Far too many kid actors. Dare I say? Not dare I say? I will say. Yeah. <laughs> and the only benefit to that was unlike Extraction. This one I enjoyed each and every time a kid was going inside a caterpillar. Each and every time a, a kid, I, was like, I, I saw the feet disappearing into the into the little baby doll. Oh, that and brought me like, such Phillip joy! Is just such <laughs> joy. Oh, my little heart was just was given such uh, uh, warmth. All child actors must die in oh, this studio. Absolutely. And then when that other kid got the gingerbread cookie on a hook, I was like, "You deserve this. This is the fate that you deserve." Did this movie really kills the kids off with reckless abandon? Oh, it, it, the first one got me, but after yeah. that, it's like, "Oh, sorry, are you a minor. You're going to be killed by a Christmas nifty thing." What? Yeah. What? Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so whenever the the film opens, we go mm-hmm. to a Black Friday open. And I, I actually quite enjoyed it for, for multiple multiple uh, reasons. One, gave us a clear timeline here, right? Beyond that, we've got, uh, it, it, it was only slightly exaggerated. It felt completely not like a natural, a la, what's, the, what's that one, uh, the, the, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? And he's doing the, he's going for the doll. Give me the doll. Is that Kindergarten Cop? No. Or are you thinking of Nicolas Cage and Con Air? No, 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 no. No, that's give me the give bunny. Give me the bunny. Yeah. No, no. There's a there's a there's one where he gets a doll. And I think it's Jingle All the Way. I have not seen that. I highly recommend it. Sinbad's wonderful in it, and it's just horrible. Um, but anyways, the point being, it it feels good. Uh, it feels authentic, and I actually enjoy. It was a good opening to a film, and I I. Very, unless it's a specific drama Oscar bait film, I very rarely find that in other films. And I was I was yeah. quite taken aback by it, and it put me in a pleasant mood to watch the rest of the film. This is a good example of where being heavy-handed with the theme is okay, because the whole movie is like, oh yeah, we need to punish people for forgetting the spirit of Christmas. Oh yeah, easy. You know, I mean, there's there's the anti Santa, and these people are the anti Christmas. They're running over each other, getting into fights all over consumerism, you know. It came out in, like, 2015 at the probably peak of, I, you know, in the in the middle of COVID right now. I forget what it's like to go Black Friday shopping, but it's absolutely wild. It's terrible. One of my biggest problems with the film, and it just, it was so erroneous, uh, a weird thing that I just, it, it bothered me for the rest of the film. Why did the kids speak English, but grandma speaks whatever? She speaks German, yeah. And then we get to, like, 
the middle of the film, and then she conveniently can monologue herself <laughs> into this weird claymation slash, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what is that? Uh, you know, um, it's just weird animation all around. My, my first story. Note. Is, is along those lines. The first thing that I wrote it's down... Like, it's like Coraline all of a sudden just appears on the screen and the grandma can now conveniently speak very well-accented English, but yet earlier she, she spoke German and the kid can understand it, but he never spoke German and he yeah. only spoke English. It was... There were too too many disconnects in that that like viciously brought me out to be like I, you know, stop it it's it's just confounding. You but, have to okay. have the the conveniently like freaky old grandma who speaks in a language where the most vulnerable person is the only one who interprets it. Yeah, it's I, you've seen that trope before of you know a mysterious foreigner, mysterious foreign language speaker who opens up and gives like a scary backstory. You oh, know, yeah. Through, <laughs> through oh yeah, English. You, her presence alerted. Everybody that she was going to be an important uh, definer later on, yeah, like she, you would the the entire rest of whatever you needed to know about the monster or, or whatever it is would be through her as a narrator, and it yeah. was it's, it's all right. It's, say, if, if I was in this family, like if if I had a relative or if I went to someone's house and there was an old relative and we did something and they got really somber and told a scary story in a foreign language, I'd be like, we, we got to go. Yeah. We're getting out. I mean, I, I'm not staying a second after the lady looks into the fireplace and says, we're effed. No. No way. Well, to that point, the person who was against that most was Howard. Again, Richard Keckner's character. <laughs> he goes, I knew she spoke English. And discovering his Hummer d- destroyed was absolutely hilarious. Just, Lucinda! <laughs> he, he had like an open bite wound on his calf. He could, could barely walk. And for the rest of the film, he was completely like almost on the point of paralyzation. And the one thing that got him the most heartbroken, even beyond his kid yeah, being his, in, his kid, yeah, was the, his the truck. biggest reaction his, in the movie. His Hummer slash truck was just destroyed and it, it broke the man. Well, honestly, kids can betray you. They can grow up and become awful. But if you take care of a car, it'll take care of you. <laughs> wow. Now, now that's the most American thing that we've heard all day. But absolutely. Uh, little kid Howie deserved his fate. I and see the kid who was drinking Mountain Dew at the table, and David Koechner's like, he's going to be a lineman. That's my boy. He's going to be the he's biggest, be the biggest lineman, lineman in all Texas. I love him. I was like, okay, it's it's 2015, so we with, with, with science, we know that if you want to make a star athlete, you don't give Mountain Dew. Even like, like redneck football people know that. You don't give Mountain Dew. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything that doesn't contain sugar is, is on the table, but exactly. whatever. Uh, yeah, it's 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 overall a fascinating film. Did you find that the? Okay, so you've you've seen it twice, so that but like imagine back to your first time. Yeah. For myself, when I watched the the monsters that were side monsters, I kind of actually wish that they'd have just sticking stuck sticking stuck to one. Whether it just be just the gingerbread people or just the caterpillar i rather enjoyed the jack-in-the-box caterpillar that was that's the scariest that thing, was the scariest thing and yet also hilarious and and the, and the prosthetic was great I, oh yeah yeah i i much prefer a prosthetic but then we the box then we went to that weird bird doll uh yeah. combo and then of course the <laughs> elves and we went to the <laughs> elves uh there were just far too many accompanying things that by the time we came back yeah, Krampus. I I wasn't as scared of him because I felt like everybody had something that terrified them, possibly more than whatever Krampus's weird face was. Yeah, here's the thing. So you you kind of went to my my big. I have one big problem with the movie, and it's the titular character himself, right? Yeah. 
So let's set the scene real quick. It's almost like the setup of the last movie that we watched, where it's a family coming together, very opposite, you could say, culturally or politically, and they ruin a holiday because yeah. of it. The oath. And in this movie, yeah, the punishment for ruining the holiday is the anti-Santa, which is a real German <laughs> legend, will come and kill you, drag you to hell, pretty much. Right. Um, anyways, Krampus, the title character... Is really scary, like in in theory, yeah. like a, a terrifying thing. Yeah, but I I agree. My thing is, I wish it would have either it suffered from Spider Man syndrome. Too many villains. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, they should have. I think that they showed him too early. Biggest thing in a monster movie is like the second you show your monster, he's like. 90% less scary. And as soon as the daughter goes out to go to a boyfriend's house, he's hopping across rooftops. We see him. He's not that scary. Right. Uh, you know, because we're shown him. Uh, the scariest part is to hear about something and to see, like, the shadow. But they use that. They played that card way too early. And so it's like we see Krampus. We're like, oh, okay, this is pretty scary. And then we're served 30 different, like, Island of Misfit Toys Christmas monsters, like you said, the Jack in the Box, the Gingerbread Men, the Elves, the Toys, whatever, which was kind of cool. But then Krampus comes back, like you said, when he comes through the fireplace, I'm like, oh, this guy, he's not scary at all. Nothing scary about him after that. So they should have either had it just be Krampus stalking the family. Like, imagine if just Krampus is in the house. That's scary. And he's and he's picking people off one by one. Yeah. Or he has his army of toys come first, and then it's then he comes last. But they, they switched up the order. And the, he just kind of falls flat. Like this character who has this great mythology behind him, not scary at and, all. And it's unfortunate because especially when it's the titular character, it you kind of want a little more oomph there. Yeah, like if, if you had had it where the snowmen show up outside the house, which is a creepy visual. There's the snowmen that are slowly getting closer. Yeah. And then weird things happen. Maybe people disappear. Oh, and then their faces, the faces of the fallen are on the snowmen. The sn- are they really? Yeah. Did you not get that? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, yeah, that. yeah. If you keep seeing the, awesome. the... At least by the time that Howard leaves and he's like, I'm going to get my boy. When he goes out there, what keeps him frozen is that he sees a frozen face on the top of the snowman of his son, Howie. And then I believe the others were supposed to be representations of Beth, who it it, it was more pronounced with young Howie Howie because you could see the the (laughs) how do I how do I put this appropriately? The look of nothing there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the blank light bulb face was on a snowman, and it was, and that's what had him stopped, and then that why they brought him back in. Yeah. So if if we had that build up, and then Krampus is in the house, comes through the chimney, it's a totally different movie and way, way scarier, you know. But the way that they did it is entertaining. I think that I actually love the twenty minute sequence when the house is getting terrorized by toys. It's ridiculous, and it's the funniest part of the movie. And the movie's supposed to be it's, it's a comedy. It's supposed to be funny. Oh, and then. Yeah, and then fart, and then the other another monster to add was the one that was terrifying. It was the tremor of the snow, you know the the film franchise Tremors. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the one that just going around <laughs> just, in the yeah. snow that was absolutely terrifying. That was and cool. then, yeah, uh, because you, because you haven't seen it. Yeah, absolutely. you don't know what it is. Absolutely. They show Krampus. It's like oh, so it's a goat dude. He's got he's got a hunchback. He's... So when the elves left, they had this entire family surrounded. And I was truly at a loss because I didn't know what happened. And I feel at that point I was in the with the writers in the room because I don't feel like they knew what was going to happen because all of a sudden the elves just left. I, I realized that Krampus is coming, but later on they're all partying with Krampus. So it, <laughs> I didn't have under- a rave at the, the snow hole. Exactly. So are they afraid of him or not? Or I, I don't understand. It's, it's To me, it's like that moment, and I'm going to get real nerdy here, in Lord of the Rings in the Fellowship where the orcs are chasing the Fellowship and then the Balrog comes and the orcs are like his servants. 
but yeah. they they can't be around when he's there to to do his thing. I guess I. But it, it didn't work like that. It didn't work, <laughs> and and then we transitioned from that to Grandma sacrificing herself. It felt rather inauthentic. It it felt like a useless sacrifice to me. Perhaps I'm wrong. Yeah. But we're we're supposed to build up Grandma here, and then she has a showdown with Krampus and. Well, if you call it a she, showdown, but yeah, yeah. She, she died or didn't. I really don't know. That was, and then we go to my second biggest problem. Far too many people died off screen. Yeah, I was gonna I say. Know. I know it's I know it's PG thirteen, but I you have way more. You can still have liberty with the deaths instead of like you know I. The only the one that was girl. that was there was really the caterpillar swall swallow, which was great, and you can yeah. still get away with the PG thirteen rating doing that. But the first one, the, the girl. Under the um, bus, I, I under the bus, but you, you don't really see anything. It zooms out, and then and the bus shakes, and there's there's too much of that. Far too many, and even with even when we get towards the end of the film, happens to Adam Scott's character. Adam Scott, and and he, that this happens. Great to him. moment of sacrifice. Same, with, says, to, same with Tony Collette. Yeah, all of them, and just just yeah underneath the snow, and I'm like, because ah, by the time I guess it it services the end where you're supposed to have that fake out of. Oh, is this real now? Did it really all change? Or and then it goes back to another fake out because perhaps they were all alive or wiped, or you really don't know. But at the same yeah, well, time, yeah, I have some thoughts about the ending whenever we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I kind of, I just want something clean. I want to actually, you know, they, I feel like prior f- horror films can still justify a killing and be a little, a little gory, and then all of a sudden we just see. I mean, even even the freaking gingerbread man that comes to kill Howard. Uh, gets eaten off screen. Yeah. I mean, come on! Can we do because, something? I mean, like, yeah. Have like more than just the one death on screen. That that yeah. was my biggest biggest or detriment you, to this film. You don't hint at the deaths. You just show the family getting taken. You know sure. what I mean? Because it's it's sure. scary when when David Keckner gets taken away. You don't see him die. It doesn't zoom out. And like you said, with with the girl under the van, you know. But it's it's like you're only giving us fifty percent. Absolutely. It, it kills a little bit, yeah. So we get to the ending, and by this point, I am somewhat lost in the world and wondering where I'm being emotionally left. What was your thought on the ending? Uh, emotionally or like what they're hinting at? Or both? Uh, yeah, go explore both. Well, first of go all— Go underneath I, that snow and get pulled in. I I enjoy the the simple, silly parable of— like you should have known better. You guys ruined the holiday, and this is your punishment. Um, I think it's cute, and in, in it's a weird way to say cute, but and and I think it works. Uh, and I think even though it's not a great movie, it 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 tells its story and its little parable well. Um, as far as what's hinted at in the ending, I, I I was left thinking like, oh, so they've been dragged to hell by Krampus, and they're in his little tree, and either. Every night they're going to have to relive the same scenario, and that's right. like hell for them. They have to relive the home invasion, or hell for them is just being stuck in this house together because they're such a crappy family. And the whole lesson is there's they were at each other's throats so much that they ruined Christmas. So now their hell is okay. Well, I'm just going to put you guys in a house forever on Christmas Day. Have fun. Um, and it's not really. It's a little. It's it's winky. It's winky wink. I I actually like the whole them being. Yeah, in the ornament, in, but in this purgatory of forever. In the purgatory, yeah. but I, it's it's still like left up. I, I wish I would know what's going to happen after that. You know, absolutely, what I mean? and, and it's a weird. That's one of the few times that I've ever seen a weird sequel bait actually kind of work. I I was thoroughly intrigued on seeing a second Krampus because of that sequel, whereas other times it feels disingenuine. 
and uh, it, it doesn't work with what the rest of the film goes or it at manufactures a question. Yeah. This felt rather rather well done, and I I wouldn't I would like to find out more answers. Uh, while also feeling fulfilled within the story that they did tell. It's a cool, it's a twist on top of a twist. I watched it with my grandma, Virginia. Ah, and, God bless her. And she was like, I told you it was all a dream. She was in the whole, she was like, it's all a dream. But then you <laughs> find out that it was, but it wasn't. And she was like, whoa, okay. You Virginia's know? mind was blue. Exactly. God bless Virginia. Uh, but I think that that's really all there is to say. I mean, did you, Tony Collette gives a a wonderful a great performance but again i just i love the caliber of actor that she is yeah At, she's a, she's like too good of an actress to, to truly, be in this movie she's so truly. good it's like it's like charlize in the uh seth rogan movie yes yes uh, brain i'm like oh my dragging god dragging everybody's sorry asses through yeah, this entire film i love seth rogan i love adam scott but those two ladies are like acting circles around them. oh absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah well here's here's my thing yeah um this movie it, it did really well Financially, yeah. the, the budget was fifty million. I think it made sixty-five, and I think it, it has had and will continue to have a good life on streaming. Yeah, because there's not many movies like it. Like you said, there's traditional Christmas it's movies a niche. to watch with the whole family. I think I, I could see this movie be weirdly enough like like a family movie that you watch with maybe like your youngish to teenage kids because it's a PG thirteen horror movie. It's a good foray into scary movies um, <laughs> during the holidays. Yeah, and I I do appreciate the a- a- aesthetic that it's going for. It knows what it is. It's really silly, and it, the Christmas vibes are apparent from beginning to end. You know, so you know you know people argue Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I think it is, but this movie it's genuinely a Christmas movie. Christmas horror movie. It's centered around the idea of Christmas. It doesn't just include Christmas just as a weird setting piece. Yeah, um, exactly. It's things like uh, Catch Me If You Can if Christmas yeah. <laughs> is a Christmas movie. Yeah, um, um, and it's pretty funny. I th- the funniest stuff is is the situational comedy. You know, th- there's a few funny lines like, why do they get all this free stuff? I don't know, they're probably Democrats. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> the funniest moment in the movie, I just have Truly to shout good. out your boy David, David Koechner, mm-hmm. when they're looking through the abandoned house and he sees a gingerbread man impaled on the fridge with a steak knife and he yes. goes, whoever did this is sick, twisted psycho. <laughs> and then he breaks up <laughs> like, a It's like he found a, a, a decapitated body. He's like, oh, God, this is sick. This absolutely disgusts me to yeah. my core. Mm. And then they're they're up in the attic and they're getting tormented by a, a jack in the box caterpillar, like you said, and gingerbread men and a little robot. It's campy. Man. It's funny, and I appreciate. Actually, the, the the most fun part of the movie is are the monsters that you see that are little silly toys that are terrorizing the family. It's almost like PG thirteen child's play, but not quite. Not quite. It's not one or the other. Yeah. But yeah, I I guess we've. I, do you have any final thoughts aside from that? Because I'm really kind of I, it was it was fine, it was serviceable, it was average. I mean, I'm, yeah. not to give away my my rating here, but I just I think would I have anybody else? Would I? It would take a special person for me to to say like, yeah, you should go watch this, or would I, it fills a niche? But really, yeah, I don't think I, I would watch it again because it's not horror enough to be a rewatchable horror movie, and right. it's not funny enough, and it's not Christmassy enough to be like, oh, I'm gonna put because I have like like a Christmas movie list that I watch every year. This would never. Touch it's like that a. List. It's like a. You know what it is? It's a pack of hot chocolate, where you just you, you put it in there. <laughs> it's a good and, but, yeah, but that's that's really all it is. But it becomes something special whenever you add some maybe like hot fudge, you add some marshmallows, and then you sprinkle on yeah. some cinnamon, maybe some other fun assortments of, of yeah. development. But as its own, if you're just literally putting a pack of hot chocolate in some water and a hot mug, 
<laughs> it's it loses a little bit of its luster yeah. if it's not even cold outside. And truly, the one thing circling back twenty minutes ago is the fact that Krampus himself is totally mishandled. Yeah, the monster. It's it becomes toys the movie instead of Krampus. Absolutely. It, yeah. Absolutely. All right, Gary. Let's see. How many gingerbread buttons out of five does not this... Not the gingerbread buttons! Not the gingerbread buttons. We will not eat them like Howard Keckner did, but how many gingerbread buttner, How many gingerbread <laughs> buttons does this film deserve? Out of five. Out of five. Um, I'm giving it a three. Wow. Not a bad movie. Some funny parts. Memorable. Like I said, it'll have a good life on streaming. I think that its word of mouth is really powerful. I remember hearing about this movie in high school when it was in production because yeah. it was like, oh, a Krampus movie and people still know it. You know, like if, if you're into like genre B horror movies, kind of falls into that camp. So people are aware of it. I think it's fun. You watch it one time, you're like, oh, it's cool. You know, I give it a three. I'm going to go two because I, I find it criminal to even put back on the gingerbread a half a button. So yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go two. And uh, the reason why I give it one button is Tony Collette. The other's, uh, the other's uh, Conchetta Fer- Ferrell as Aunt Dorothy. I stated it on Twitter and I'll state it again. If, you know, Adam Scott plays Ben Wyatt, one of my favorite shows, Parks right. and Rec. Now, yeah. if it was Ben Wyatt and Leslie Nope, if Leslie Nope was in that house, they would have survived. They would they, have gotten out. They would have had a. They would have had a plan. Yes. They would have had a plan a lot earlier. Absolutely. Oh, and and this is a late addition to this. But did they not care about their kids enough? I've, okay, <laughs> I have that written down because even in in a ridiculous horror movie, parents will make the decision to. Oh, I don't care how scared it. I have to go get my kid. Maybe even because it's considered I, a stupid horror movie decision. I'm like, guy, what? This is totally unrealistic. Wouldn't you want to go get your kid? Come on. I understand. Maybe when you have three kids, you lose one. You want to keep the other two safe. Oh, maybe I got yeah. that. David Keckner's family—they're just losing kids. But once <laughs> once they start to get like to where the minority is, one kid's left. That's when you're like, okay, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's yeah. go get both and whatever. Uh, so it, it was awkward. In that respect. You know what's funny? Mm. The moms in the movie care way more about losing the kids oh, yeah. than the dads do. Adam They're Scott's broken. like, honey, we got to wait inside. And like you said, Howard uh, loses his truck and he freaks out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He he was heartbroken by that truck. Yeah. God bless him. All right. That is Krampus. Next Krampus. week we'll come back with something fun, something Christmassy, yeah. something... Ho, ho, ho. Some, well... Maybe. Well, we're a bunch of those, so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. For uh, Podcastus Emeritus, Gary Boucher. I'm Philip Amarin. And remember, everybody, let's keep the fire warm.